We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Thursday night as we look forward to Wild Card Weekend across the NFL. Two days from now, we get the 49ers and the Seahawks, and we get the Chargers against Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we await the Eagles' opponent as the NFC games roll on. We know, obviously, if it's Seattle, it's going to be them. If it's the Giants, it would likely be them. Otherwise, we wait for Monday, Cowboys and the Bucks, and we figure out who the opponent is coming here to Lincoln Financial Field next weekend. Let's talk about those potential opponents and this Eagles team as they enter the postseason as the number one seed with Bo Wolf of The Athletic, kind enough to join us on this Thursday night. Bo, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you, Joe? Well, doing well. Just um, it's, it's funny. It kind of reminds me of five years ago. D- different kind of worry. But five years ago, entering the postseason as a one seed, there was, a, you know, I'd say, trepidation in this town uh, until they won that first playoff game. I'm starting to feel it again. Bo, how do you feel about the team um, as they enter the playoffs, obviously not playing the best football they played uh, compared to most of the year? Yeah, I mean, I think I feel pretty good uh, with the, like, obvious elephant in the room exception of, you know, how is Jalen Hurts going to look physically uh, by the time we get to a week and a half from now. Um, I think I, I think the, like, the end of the season uh, skid, if people are calling it that, is a little bit overstated. I mean, two of the games came with a backup quarterback, and uh, one of them, they, they played pretty well offensively, just had some turnovers. And then the last game, I mean, they were playing against a bunch of backups. They had a vanilla game plan. They took care of business, and I thought I thought that was totally fine. Um, I think there's a chance here where the Eagles have like the the rare possibility to be like the one team remaining that has like 22 of their starters, every single starter healthy. Um, if Avante Maddox is ahead of schedule and Lane Johnson can come back, it's crazy how healthy they've been. Um, and so, like, I, I feel pretty confident about uh, their ability to you know win the next game against whoever it is, and, and I think they're probably the most likely team in the NFL to make it to the Super Bowl if you just consider the fact that, uh, you know, there's there's probably five really good teams. Three of them are in the AFC. They're going to have to play each other. And if the Eagles have to play the Niners, it's going to be at home. So um, I feel pretty good. But all of that said, if Jalen Hurts comes out next Sunday and is not willing to take a hit and they're not utilizing the run, you know, quarterback run part of the offense and he's a little bit skittish to throw the ball, then all of that changes. But uh, until we see that, I feel I feel pretty good. So let's talk about Hurts. Bo, you know, today he didn't throw a football, and he answered a lot of questions after practice about uh, how he's feeling and all that. And you mentioned uh, kind of the way he looked on Sunday. It's interesting because as we learn more about how he's feeling and we watch the play a game now since the injury, I thought just if, if you looked at nothing besides him throwing the ball, like the way it came out of his hand, the accuracy, throwing the ball down the field that one time to A.J. Brown, I don't have. I don't really have any reason to worry off that stuff. But it's the other things you mentioned. I mean, he's shied away from all contact, and I think he's usually a quarterback that stands in there and will stand tall against pressure. He had no interest in that. He didn't run. No design runs. And then the few times there was like an opportunity to move, 
he went down very quickly, almost like those old quarterbacks who don't want to get hit. They just drop to the ground. That that was more concerning to me than him being able to throw. I think he could throw. It's everything else that feels like the question mark right now. Yeah, and I think that was a directive to him. I think that was sort of part of the deal of if you're going to play in this game, like you got to promise us that you're going to be careful. You're not going to lower your shoulder. You're going to protect yourself like overprotect yourself as much as possible. And even though they dropped back, you know, 40 times or whatever it was, he was getting rid of the ball quickly. For the most part, it was his second quickest uh, time to throw in the season. I think that was the game plan was to like get him back, but protect him as much as possible. And even if he is injured, just knowing Jalen Hurts, I have no doubt that come playoff time when the games really matter, you know, he's not going to be sliding in the open field. He's going to be lowering his shoulder. So Bo, um, over the next week and a half or so, what would your, be your guess? I mean, I, I'm going to have to try to talk people off the ledge here every night. Like, if you had to kind of project this out, would you imagine he's going to continue to be limited in practice the way he has been since he's tried to come back from his injury? Could you foresee something close to next Thursday or Friday where he's full and we're, we're back and ready to go? Like, what's your thought on how they're going to ramp him back up? Because I'm sure everyone's going to have, you know, holding their breath here as, as these practice reports and, and what you uh, and everybody else covering the team puts out when you see him at practice. Yeah, that's a good question, and it's it's total speculation. But um, I would imagine that you know he's going to be limited this week um, and probably the beginning of next week. But I would be surprised if he's not full at some point by the end of next week. Um, you know, maybe it's it's limited to the degree of like you know he doesn't throw every every play. Um, but I think that he's going to be ready to go for next Sunday, and that's really all that matters. All right, let's talk about uh, the other thing that happened on Sunday. Um, and I think it's it may be under the radar because Hurts' return really overshadowed everything. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Bo, coming back, I thought that made a difference. Um, and I thought it was interesting the way Jonathan Gannon used him more as a, a slot corner filling in for Avante and leaving Blankenship out there at safety rather than the way they had used you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson when he first got here, which was as a safety and all those interceptions he had back there. What did you think about the way Gannon did it? And and do you think it, until we get Avante Maddox back in the fold here, they'll continue to go down that route? Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was glad that that was what Jonathan Gannon did. And I was impressed that, that is what he did, that he was willing to be more versatile and that Chauncey Garner-Johnson was, was willing to play that role. Um, if you just looked at it from a vantage point of how do we get our best 11 guys on the field, I don't think there's any doubt that that having Reed Blankenship on the field over Josiah Scott at this point is is better. And that's really not a knock against Josiah Scott, who I think has fared about as well as you could have expected when he's been pushed into duty this season. But I think Reed Blankenship has not just held his own. I think he's been pretty good um, when he's out there. And so um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was so good in that nickel role for the Saints, willing to step in, I thought that made a lot of sense. I don't know what will happen if, you know, Avante Maddox is able to come back soon you know he was off of his walking boot today which he had had the last couple weeks so that's a good sign Uh, and the Eagles obviously did not put him on injured reserve so that's another good sign so I I think there's a chance that you know maybe Avante Maddox is back for the championship game if they get there but I would guess for the next week that that we're probably going to see the same thing we're going to see Garner Johnson in the slot and and blank and ship at safety. So, Bo, you mentioned, uh, use the word, the best 11. Uh, let's go back to the offense for a second. I'm, I'm just curious if you've agreed, if you've disagreed, if you understand what the Eagles are thinking on the way they've structured the offensive line since Lane went down. Now, if Lane comes back next week, 
I think no harm, no foul. Uh, they got through a few weeks with Jack Driscoll. But I've just I've questioned it since Lane went down, especially because I don't know if Lane Johnson can get through the postseason. I'm sure he's going to line up there next Saturday. But I remember when Deshaun Jackson had an abdominal injury. He came back after rehabbing. He played like three plays, and then he was gone again and needed surgery. So I'm, I'm not like locking it in that Lane's going to play a full postseason. Are you surprised we haven't really heard anything or, or seen anything with them trying Dillard at left tackle who's just sitting there collecting dust and my lot at right tackle. Instead, they've just gone down the Driscoll route. And I, quite frankly, he, he worries me a little bit here. What, what do you think about how they've handled that? Uh, I think it, it follows with what Jeff Stylin has done in the past. And that is, you know, it, it makes more sense to uh, not mess with two positions and mess with just one position because if all of a sudden you've got Andre Dillard playing with Landon Dickerson, those two guys haven't played together as much. And then my and say, Amala, now those guys have played together, but Mylotta is not quite as comfortable on the right as he is on the left. Um, and I think I, I, I think I disagree about like how good Driscoll's been. I think he's been fine. Um, and I don't think that like moving Mylotta is worth whatever the delta is between Dillard and Driscoll at this point. Um, I, I, like I think that we maybe overrate Dillard uh, to some extent just because we haven't seen him that much. I think I think Driscoll is about the same level of player. Um, and then as for Lane Johnson, I mean, yeah, you know, he's not he's not Deshaun Jackson. Um, I would I would imagine that he's going to be able to play through a little bit more. But uh, it's definitely true that they cannot count on Lane Johnson being out there for the entire playoffs and and being you know 100% Lane Johnson. They need to be ready with that backup plan. Um, and I think Driscoll is maybe a little bit more reliable. All right, Bo from Bo Wolfie Athletic here. Let, let's look forward to this weekend with the NFL playoffs, and obviously it impacts who the Eagles will play next weekend. Bo, if we were to do a draft here, um, and you were drafting in terms of who the Eagles would want to play, who would be the number one pick? Who's the team you'd want to play if you're the Eagles, and who's the team you'd have as last on your rankings? The team, if you could choose, you would choose to avoid. Well, I think the, the easy answer for who you would want to play is the Seahawks, because that would mean that they beat the Niners. Um, and that would eliminate the the other really good team in the conference. And you're playing a team who you know would have to be playing their second straight road game, coming across the city or the country rather, and just not as good of a team. Um, I think you could say that the Seahawks, Giants, and Vikings are all sort of relatively easy matchups for the Eagles. Um, I would probably say, and they can't play the, the Vikings in the first round, but I would say Seahawks would be number one, Giants number two. Probably Bucks number three, and then Cowboys are the one team that uh, I, that would make me nervous. Um, I, I just think they have more upside offensively. You're playing a team a third time. It's it's kind of interesting that this is year three of Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott have only played against each other one time, uh, and that was that was that first game last year when when the Eagles went down there and got killed. Um, so I think it's sort of leading towards that, but uh, that is the team that would that would scare me the most. Yeah, I'm obviously the highest end talent there and the most wins of all those teams this year. All right, Bo, let's um let's end with this. I'll give you another hypothetical. Both the Eagles coordinators are interviewing this week. I know there's different rules and how they do it, you know, virtually or they do it tomorrow or Saturday or whatever, and then back to work with the regular team. But they're interviewing uh, for different jobs, head coaching jobs. Um, which one of the two do you think would be more detrimental to lose for the Eagles? Bo, uh, Shane Steichen or Jonathan Gannon? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I. You know, I think it depends a little bit on what uh, replaces them. And I think that, like, offense matters more. And so my, my initial instinct would be Steichen. But, you know, Nick Sirianni is, is an offensive coach. I think we probably underrate 
the degree to which this offense is Sirianni's and not Steichen's just because Steichen is calling the plays. Um, I think they probably have a little bit more of a pipeline uh, for offensive coaches to, to potentially replace Steichen, whether that's somebody in the building or, or somebody outside the building. But I also think it's probably easier to get like replacement level defensive coordinator uh, work, especially with like the talent that they have on the roster. And so I guess I would say Steichen, but I'm not sure I feel too strongly about that. All right. I, I said I, this was the last question, but I lied. We were actually joking earlier, uh, Bo, about Sirianni a few weeks ago and how he was talking about how Jalen Hurts heals faster than everybody and all that and you know, how he heals faster than the beat writers that cover the Eagles. So we, we were talking about some sort of like if there was a race between beat writers that cover the Eagles, who we thought would win. But like, I, I, I didn't have a good grasp on it to give a good, good guess. You, I'm sure, do. I mean, you're around the same people every day, mm. basically. So if there was a race, right, a, a physical race. I don't know if we're going to do a 40-yard dash or we could figure that part out, but if you had to pick of your of your colleagues that cover the team, the brethren down there, who do you think would uh, would win a race? That's a good question. Uh, now, I, I do have to say, I, I think that there's a bit of a, uh, like a, uh, a disparity in the way that Sirianni talks about this. Mm-hmm. Either Jalen Hurts is this amazing healer who is like Wolverine and can heal better than everybody else, or he's like this super tough guy who's playing through pain, right? It can't be both. If he's healing well, then maybe he's not that, not in that, that much pain. But right, if or maybe is, they lied to us and he was hurt really bad and they pretended it was a two-week injury, and that's why we're doing all this well, there drama you go. now. Yeah. Exactly. But my answer is I think there are, I think there are three contenders. Um, I think Elliot Shore Parks is up there. I think he's going to want to be the answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it depends on the distance. I think Martin Frank is a, is a long-distance runner. But um, assuming that it, this is like a, a more of a sprint, uh, my answer is going to be Josh Tolentino from the Inquirer. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Bo. We appreciate you hopping on. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the bye. I mean, I know beat writers need a bye, too. We all do. So enjoy the bye watching the games, and, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. There he goes. Bo Wolf of the Athletic there. Uh, so he goes, Josh Tolentino. I don't know him very well. I know he's kind of new. He's a younger beat younger. writer, which I think makes sense. Yeah. So you, so you kind of just rule out some of the, the older ones. I think so. That's the, I mean, that was the tone I got from you. We're going to rule out. I mean, out. I, I like some of the older beat writers. We have them on as guests. Yeah, or some yeah. of them host at WIP. <laughs> sure. I don't know if they're in their athletic prime. I, I mean, I think that's more than fair. Like, Ruben Frank used to be a runner. I don't know if I would pick him in a sprint today. Uh, again, that's, I mean, look, a, look at Tom Brady, right? Age catches up to all of us at some point. It's just not the same player he used to be. And, that, and that's okay. All right, 215-592-9494. It's how you hop around. So we got some good stuff there from Bo Wolf, including the boot off of Vontae Maddox. That is good news. I mean, sometimes we get – sometimes the Jalen Hurts stuff just yeah, – and obviously it's an injury to the quarterback, so we're going to talk more about that than anything, but it just kind of consumes us. That's good news that Avante Maddox, the boot is off there. Maybe he could be back. And Bo mentioned maybe the NFC Championship game. That would be significant if they get on Avante Maddox back for that. The other thing I thought was interesting, uh, the discussion we had there, was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And for as much as there's whining and complaining about Jonathan Gannon, never adjusts, never does anything different. That was different what he did on Sunday. And I thought that was a really good idea to put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at, at nickel corner and leave Blankenship out there. Because if you just say to me right now, like, you have to have one of these guys in the field. We'll figure out the positions. But you have to have Reed Blankenship or Josiah Scott. I'd rather have Reed Blankenship. I feel like in the brief period both those guys have had to play – Blanket chip has made more plays. I mean, I really can't think of a time I, I was like, oh, good play, Josiah Scott. Like, he just, 
he either doesn't, I don't notice him, or he gets beat on a third and 30. At least Blankenship, I don't know, once or twice a game, I'm like, oh, that was a good play by Blankenship. I like him better than Josiah Scott. And he picked off Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's true. Which I assume Josiah Scott also did, right? Uh, Didn't he get him in that game too when it bounced off slate? Maybe, but that was like someone else's pick. Yeah, but you got to be there. You know, opportunity, find those who who are prepared or something like that. But you look at what happened against the Giants game, Gardner Johnson allowed two catches for five yards. See, he was fantastic mm-hmm. in the spot. Yeah, he and, and that's, I mean, you go back to the trade when they traded for him. That's what he was doing more of in New Orleans. I mean, he was basically their nickel corner, and then the Eagles traded for him. It's like, well, he did play safety back in the day in college. I guess he could do that too. And he did that at, at really what was a Pro Bowl level before he got hurt. So I, I think that was a really good move, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're seeing more of that. But, you know, the that Avante update there from Bo. You know, and he mentioned at some point in the postseason they could have 22 of 22 starters playing. Nobody else has it. Let's just add that to the list, right? The list of reasons why this is Super Bowl or bust. They've got all these things lined up. They are mostly healthy, or at least they're on the men to get as healthy as, as any playoff team. They have home field advantage. They took advantage of a week schedule that won't be as weak next year. They have to play the Bills and Chiefs and Niners next regular season. I mean, the idea of them going 14-3 and three next year, it's hard to imagine. And they have all this talent around Jalen Hurts because he's so cheap right now. And, it again, it's similar to 2017. It's it's very interesting how they've repeated so many of the elements of 2017. Now, some of them are out of Howie Roseman's hands, right? Like, when he's building the team, he can't he, – he doesn't know the top quarterbacks in the NFC or top teams are going to fall apart. That That's that's not really part of the calculus. Oh, maybe this guy won't be as good. Maybe Matt Stafford gets hurt this year. I mean, that, that wasn't part of the, the guess, but – isn't it funny how it's very like everything lined up similar to 2017 from the chief quarterback to the team around him to the schedule? It's weird how it happened again. Yeah, I mean, almost every element is exactly the same outside of your starting quarterback getting hurt and your backup playing like the right. second coming of Joe Montana. Yeah, that that wasn't uh, that didn't happen. That did not happen. We got to see the Gardner Minshew show, but a lot of the same stuff happened. And really, the the one that I mean, maybe they had some sort of thought that those teams could fall a little bit. I mean, I did. I mean, I, I thought the Rams and Packers wouldn't be as good this year, but I don't think any of us predicted this. The Rams would be a bad team. Stafford gets hurt. The Packers don't make the playoffs. You know, and it, it's you, you go back to five years ago, and those quarterbacks heading into the season, it was just looked at as, you know, Carson Wentz was not looked at in 2017 as anywhere near the top of the NFC. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan was coming off of an MVP. Aaron Rodgers was was still in his prime. Dak Prescott was coming off a far better rookie season than than what Carson had been. I, I'm trying to remember all the NFC quarterbacks that year, but he, I, I, there's none of us were saying early, you know, before that season started, oh, he's going to be a top quarterback in the conference or one of the top, you know, couple in the conference. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Like I thought he'd take a leap. We thought, and I thought, you know, he could jump up to top five ish in the conference, but. Then Kyler Murray stunk and got hurt. Aaron Rodgers wasn't as good. Tom Brady wasn't as good. And all of a sudden, we are sitting here. It's it. it I, I'm. Sh- I would love to hear if Howie Roseman feels the urgency that I feel. I would bet he does because I think he knows how difficult his job's going to be the next year or two. Do you think he knows he's never built anything sustainable? Well, he's not blind, right? Right. Like I, I think Howie Roseman's a smart guy, and Howie Roseman's been a GM now for over a decade, but. My one knock on Howie Roseman has always been he's never built anything that's lasted more than a year, right? The Eagles have had a lot of success under Howie Roseman, but it's kind of always one year, right? They were good in 2013. They were good in 2014 with Chip Kelly, too, but then it fell apart. They were good in 2017, and then it fell apart. They're good in 2022, once again, with a cheap quarterback. 
I don't know. Like, I, I'm very curious to see what he does once Jalen Hurts gets paid because he's never built a team that sustained success with an expensive quarterback. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Um, and I, I would imagine if he was to answer the question, I mean, who's our who's our caller from, was it Doylestown that sounds like Howie that we think is Howie? Maybe he'll let us know. No, that was a while ago. It was. Ethan? Ethan from Doylestown, I think it was. Um, maybe he'll let us know one of these nights. But if I were to guess how I would think Howie Roseman would say, I, I know what I'm like, I have a better idea of how to do it now. And I screwed up these other times, but here's why I think I could do it better this time. And I would hope he does. Uh, he does have a, a very significant asset coming up in the NFL draft, which, you know, it's fun that we're not doing mock draft mania yet. I mean, I like mock draft mania and I, I mean, I kind of excited when we, when we start doing it, but have you been looking at mock drafts of yet? Of course I've been looking at mock drafts. I mean, I just think when I type in M-O-C on my phone, it just knows. I mean, how many times in the last two years did, did we look up mock drafts? I mean, literally I mean, every day for like three months. Right. So it's just kind of my phone recognizes that. But that number 10 pick is, is the kind of asset that can help Howie Roseman do it better this time than last time. Whether he takes a player or he trades the pick and he gets a bunch of more assets and they keep rolling this thing over. I, I don't know how they're going to play it, but that should help here. I mean, I... I ha- I have to hope that how we learn from the lessons of last time, and maybe this time the quarterback is a little bit more stable uh, into the future, which certainly could help things out as well. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I look at this season. I look at this postseason. What they've accomplished is great. Fourteen and three is an amazing. It's one of the great seasons in franchise history. But it only truly matters if they capitalize to win the Super Bowl, and they have a rare opportunity. The other, just go through the names of the quarterbacks in the NFC. Purdy, Cousins, Brady, but not really the same Brady anymore. Prescott, Jones, and Smith. Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. That's the field the Eagles are up against with home field advantage, with maybe 22 starters playing by the championship weekend. This is an opportunity they can't pass up. This is Super Bowl or bust for me for the Eagles. Is it for you? 215-592-9494. Tell you, Hopper, we'll come back. Let you hear from Jalen Hurts today. His answers were very interesting today. He didn't throw. He was on the field limited, kind of running around, going through drills, but not throwing a football at all today. He answered questions about how he's feeling. Will he be 100% by the time we get to next Sunday? It was, uh, I would call it a bizarre sequence with Jalen Hurts today. You'll hear that next. 215-592-9494. I'm worried about Hurts' shoulder. I cannot lie. And if you're not worried, I think you're lying to yourself. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop in on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forts Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more in NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger Payday. Let's build one for Saturday. And I'm going to go Chargers to win. Let's go Austin Eckler over his rushing total. And we'll go with a touchdown for Josh Palmer. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also get up to 100. Dollars in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with promo code Jillio. That's promo code G I G L I L. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Thursday night. And I believe it's Super Bowl or bust for this Philadelphia Eagles team. Opportunities like this, number one seed, Brock Purdy sitting there as the number two, taking advantage of what was and we knew would be a soft schedule. Uh, we know nobody repeats this division. I mean, it really all is lined up. Next year, they got Josh Allen on the schedule, Patrick Mahomes, the Niners again. They have to take advantage and win the Super Bowl this year. 215-592-9494. Agree or disagree. It's Super Bowl or bust for this team. Add in all the free agents. Hurts' contract. Steichen and Gannon could leave, which... I know a lot of people want them out, especially Gannon. I think that's silly. These are good coaches, and uh, there's a chance the next coaching staff or next group isn't as good as these guys. So I think there's a rare opportunity here for the Eagles to take advantage and win a championship. Has to be done this year. Oh, back to the phones here in a minute. First, though, let's hear from Jalen Hurts. So Eagles had a practice today in pads, which was a little bit surprising. Um, but right away, it I mean, look, Jalen Hurts wasn't going to get popped anyway. I mean, he's the quarterback. But the team was in pads, and Hurts is out there. With the quarterbacks, you see the videos this morning, and he's doing the drills, and he's not throwing a football. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, right? You know, there's quarterbacks that just don't practice because they're hurt. Um, And then there's limited, which Jalen Hurts was for the past week and a half or so. But I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback throw air. Like, he was going through the motions like the other quarterbacks, but they were tossing the ball, you know, whatever, 10 yards or whatever. It wasn't like they were going through plays, but he just was – moving his arm as if he was throwing the ball. I think he threw a towel at one point. I mean, the guy's just dedicated to his crowd. I guess so. Other uh, quarterbacks would probably just sit out and say no thanks. You think? I, I wonder how much of what we've seen the last two weeks, the game on Sunday, today, is pre-planned by the doctors. Like, this is what you have. Here's how we're going to attack this all the way to the division round of the playoffs. Like, I wonder if today was a, to use a, a phrase that one of our favorite coaches in Philadelphia likes to use, a, a scheduled day, right? Not a scheduled loss, but a scheduled no-throw day. Wouldn't surprise me if this is all pre-planned. Yeah, I mean, why would you risk it, right? If they're worried about potential re-aggravation, why would you do it 10 days out from the game? Yeah, and, and maybe it's on him. He wants to be out there. Like, maybe it's a day they just give him off, but he wants to be out there. So, all right, go ahead. If you want, you can go out there. You're just not allowed to throw the football. I don't know. But Jalen Hurts did not throw a football today after playing the game on Sunday. Here was Hurts in the locker room after practice. He was, like, he was asked flat out, you know, will you be 100% for the postseason here? Here's how he answered that question. How close to the Jalen Hurts we're used to seeing do you feel like you'll be? I can't give you a number. I think, um, you know, that, that name is that name. You know, the, the man, the man to be there. That name is that name. The man will be there. Do you have any earthly idea what that means? The man is the is that, is that what I said? The man is the man, or the name is the name? The name is the name, and the man will be there. I'm going to start using that when I'm asked by my family where like where I'm going to be. What's my schedule? Just going to say that to see what they say. Yeah, I, I I've never heard that one before. 
Let, let's try to think for a second what he – I mean, we, Jalen Hurts has his own way of speaking. I, I, I think we've kind of become um, – you know, we're kind of used to it now because he, he has a unique way of talking and speaking and his vernacular. He just – he speaks differently. Um, and he's kind of got an old soul about the way he, he, he likes to communicate. I've never heard that one, though. I like I first thought I, I but then it didn't make sense. I was like, does he mean like he's gonna play but he won't really be himself? Then again, what was it the man is the man or is the name is the name? The name is the name and the man will be there. If you had a hypothesize what he's talking about, what would you guess? My first thought is Dave Chappelle used to do a joke about how he would make up when he was in uh Meetings with business executives, different street slang to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> That's that. Like zip it up and zip it out. So that wouldn't was... surprise me if Jalen Hurts is just messing with Ruben Frank. There. Well, I mean, he could. I don't think any. Which of them... another Ruben Frank mentioned on the evening. Uh, show. It's th- multiple here tonight. Uh, okay, so that was Jalen Hurts on the idea of being a hundred percent and all that. Uh, he- here's Jalen Hurts again on his status and where he is at uh, a couple days after his last game. Feeling better. Um, it's a day by day thing. Just taking it day by day. Um, I think the whole world knows that I'm dealing with something. Been dealing with the, dealing with something. Um, I think the whole point of that game was coming back and getting done what we need to get done, and obviously having this time to rest. So here it is. Yeah, I mean, he. This is he said something similar to that when he first got hurt, right? The whole world knows I'm dealing with something. That was when he seemed annoyed that everyone knew he was hurt because he said he's been hurt before and he's played through things. I, I mean, the more we get further past the actual injury to now, doesn't it feel like we have less clarity on what's going on with him? I mean, he played. So, like, he's obviously better than he was before. He can play. He's going to start the playoff game. I have no doubt he's going to play, and, and I, I would be shocked if he doesn't finish the game. But in terms of how it how it's really going to affect him moving forward, can he, can he play like himself? I think we know less now than we did two weeks ago. We were living in, in like, just bliss, ignorance. Like, oh, I'll be back a couple weeks. He's fine. He's obviously not fine, but I don't really know how, like, what it is. Yeah, I mean, was his performance against the Giants more encouraging or worrisome? Like, were you encouraged to see him out there, or by the end of the first quarter, were you worried, oh, no, he might not be back to himself? Which yeah, he obviously wasn't. I was more, uh, I was more alarmed that he didn't play like himself, that, they, that either he wasn't allowed to, which I'm guessing that's it, or he, or he can't, or he, he, he doesn't feel comfortable. I'm guessing they told him, you're not allowed. Yeah, and I wonder, like, that comment he just said where he said he came back strictly to take care of business. I just, I wonder if they didn't trust Gardner Minshew anymore, right? They had two games that Gardner Minshew, and obviously the Cowboys game, they were underdogs, but they gave Gardner Minshew two shots to lock up the division and kind of save everything, and when he didn't, they treated Jalen Hurts like a backup quarterback. Like, that game plan was mm-hmm. a Gardner Minshew game plan. Totally. And they just said, please don't, they trusted him not turn the ball over. Please he, don't turn the ball over. Please don't get hurt. And we'll win. Yeah, and as long as you do those two things, we're going to be fine here. And the other thing I thought today, and I and I hope this is uh, just me being worrisome. Does anyone else wonder if playing on Sunday set his timetable back? I'm not saying Jalen Hurts got hit or popped or he re-injured it, but like is that? I'm sure I'm sure our listeners have had injuries, right? If you were an athlete in in high school or just you know whatever you do now, if you're a runner or whatever, if you hurt something, if you pull a muscle. And then you try to do whatever the activity is like, like I pulled my calf years ago and I just got bored of waiting. I, I wanted to go back to running. Like, so I only waited a week instead of maybe probably two weeks I should have waited. I react like it, it, it lingered for a long time after that. 
Have you wondered that? Like, if, if him playing on Sunday, I know he didn't get hit, but just what, how many times did he throw the ball? 30? Yeah, he threw the ball quite a bit. Did, like, did that set back the whole timetable? Like, I know they said he, he wasn't at risk to re-injure it, and I, I believe them on that. But does it set back when 100% arrives? I think it could. I mean, like, isn't yeah, that— Yeah, I mean, if he was 80% on Sunday against the Giants, who's to say he didn't come out of that game at 70%? Right. And then what? When, how long till we get back to 100? Like, are we just playing with these time, these percentages? Is is now the best he could be before the playoff game? 85 now because they played him last week. Because if that's the case, shame on Gardner Minshew because he screwed this whole damn thing up. If they don't win the Super Bowl, I'll blame Gardner Minshew. I mean, if we come back to it, like, yeah, we could. I'm ready to blame Gardner. No like doubt. Imagine about it. living in a van all summer and thinking that'll get you playing your best football. It what? continues to make zero sense to me. Yeah, it it well, it doesn't make any. I mean, have you ever sat in a van for a long period of time? You don't feel. I would get bored. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a regular van. No, I'm sure he has nice things. He's a, a millionaire, I imagine, but I don't know. The idea the Eagles let their backup quarterback be homeless for the entire summer <laughs> makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think you, you're using the word "let" liberally there. I mean, what are they going to do? Force him to live in a house? Yeah, maybe. You also said, I bet, I'm sure he has nice things in there because he's a millionaire. What can you put in a van? Video games? A TV? Yeah, I mean, like, you wouldn't have, like, air conditioning in or anything in there. It would drain the battery. Right. I don't, and I think there's only so many, so much workout equipment you could have inside a van. I mean, I, I think a van is a van. No matter how rich you are, a van is a van. <laughs> you don't want to be in that rich. Speaking of rich, not, not lucrative, not money, uh, not well off, it's rich in Delaware. Hey, Rich. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, Rich. What are you thinking tonight? Well, I was just wondering, you know, if we lose uh, Jonathan Gannon to a head coaching position, I mean, who would you like to see him come in here to take his place? I mean, would you want to go with a veteran coach or somebody fresh? Or, you know, how would it offset the whole coaching staff? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the number one name I would throw out, uh, and he's actually a he knows Gannon. He's a consultant here with the Eagles. At least they, you know, I don't know exactly what he does, but I know he, he was named as a consultant and he was here a few times at training camp this um, past summer. And I think he's lived in this area uh, is Vic Fangio, the former Broncos coach, uh, the Niners and Bears coordinator back in the day. I think he'd be a great fit as a veteran defensive coordinator, but also rich in the next couple of weeks, you know, when all, all these new teams are hiring coaches, I'm sure one of these new staffs is going to want him as a coordinator. So I'm not sure he's even going to be available when this whole thing shakes out. Right. What do you think about like uh, Lovey Smith or something like that? Yeah. Lovey's interesting. Um, obviously a lot of experience. Uh, I mean, his defense is a little bit different than what they do here. I mean, if, if he could adapt and, and kind of use a three four four three the way they do now, I I wouldn't be opposed to it, Rich. I mean, he's he's been a good defensive mind for you know twenty five years. Right. I mean, and the other concern I have too is like you know after the season's over, I mean, how much of that town are we going to be able to keep on the defense? It's Rich. It's amazing how many free agents they have on that side of the football. Like, and I, I'm concerned about it too. And Rich, I appreciate it. It's it's why I've I've thrown out uh, this is Super Bowl or bust because this group will never be the same, and the chances of them bringing back the majority of these defensive players that are free agents are very slim. I mean, it's just they're. they're I mean, obviously they're going to have to prioritize re-signing Jalen Hurts, right? That's good. That's going to be their number one objective this offseason. I I don't think they're going to push, you know, push this down the um 
kick the can down the road. I think, you know, just judging by the Eagles' history on this, and, and it's backfired at times. It hasn't always been perfect. I mean, obviously the Carson Wentz decision turned out to be a disaster in terms of, of money they paid him for no reason. But typically when the Eagles identify a young player they like and they want to keep, they sign him early rather than late. They've done it. I mean, they've done this for two decades now. I mean, it was it was a it was a Joe Banner thing. It's become a Howie Roseman thing. It's an Eagles thing. When they have a player they like that's young, that's eligible for a contract extension, they give him the extension. So I, I think Hertz gets paid this offseason, which changes the calculus on every single move they make on defense. But just a sampling of defensive players that are free agents to be. Jonathan, uh, uh, excuse me, Hargrave. Javon Hargrave is a free agent. Um, Brandon Graham is a free agent. Fletcher Cox essentially is a free agent. They have a free uh, Robert Quinn, but I mean, who cares about that? Um, James Bradbury is a free agent. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a free agent. Marcus Epps is a free agent. I mean, TJ Edwards is a free agent. It's actually easier to list your defensive players that aren't free agents. Slay's under contract. Blanket Ships obviously under contract. Avante Maddox is under contract. Sweat and Reddick are under contract. Obviously, Jordan Davis, as a first-round pick, is under contract. And then Nicobe Dean. I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, some of those guys haven't even done much this year. And then you guys, guys like Milton Williams or whatever, who's you know kind of a, a lower-bar role player. But it's a lot of snaps. I mean, Tucker, I think you mentioned the, the total before. I mean, it, it's whatever the percentage of their snaps on defense that's about to walk out the door or could. It's a crazy amount. Yeah, it's it's almost half. And the Eagles built this roster knowing what they were doing, right? Yeah. Like Howie Roseman knew that this was a one-year shot. That's why he was able to bring in guys like James Bradbury and Kaiser White because he knew they could afford these guys before Jalen Hurts got his big big race next season. And they do have two first-round picks, which I mean, just look at their offense right now. There's almost no position of true uncertainty on the offense. Yeah, right? like even if Jason Kelsey retires, Cam Jurgens is already here. Exactly. So they're ready to go. Like, the only starter I think they could lose on offense – uh, I guess Sayamalo's a free agent, so they may need a guard. But they're so good. I mean, would you be shocked next year if Driscoll or, or, or one of those kind of guys is the starting right guard? I wouldn't. No. So they may have a replacement anyway. They had the center replacement. Miles, San- Miles Sanders is the only true offensive free agent. Quez is, is – re- not that people love Quez, but he's fine. It's the third fourth option. Uh, Dallas under contract. A.J. Brown under contract. Devontae Smith. The, the offense is almost like turn the key and go next year. I mean, they, that, they, 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 they could lose Steichen, but it's turn the key and go. It shouldn't be many changes, if at all, assuming Cam Jurgens is ready to play if Kelsey retires. The defense will be totally different. I mean, it just will. And they have two first-round picks, so they could use both of them on, on, for, on defensive players and play them right away. If I had a guess next year, I would guess – of those guys, I, I, if I try to guess who's coming back, I think Epps could come back because I don't think that's going to be very expensive. I think you get one of the two safeties. And I think Edwards. And they let White leave and just put Nicobe Dean in. That would be my guess. That would be my guess, too, unless, the guys on the, the back end. Unless someone just ridiculously overpays TJ Edwards and they'll just let him go. But I would guess they re-sign Edwards, re-sign Epps. I think Bradbury's going to get a major contract. I don't think they're going to give it to him because he's about to be 30 years old. And I think it's always better to buy low on corner than buy high. You know, that kind of thing. So... That, that You'll need a replacement corner, without question. And then they'll need more defensive linemen, which is probably where they go in the draft. Frank is in Oxford. Hey, Frank. Hey, how you doing? Good, Frank. How are you? Good. I, I agree with you. This is uh, one year that we – this is the year we, if we do it. But I think you missed the point. I think, I think the coach screwed up against the Bears 
run her so many times and gotten hurt, we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, maybe not, Frank, but but I, here's my, my thought on that. I don't think we could just point to the moment it went bad. Like, they were running him all year. I mean, he was on pace to break the record for most runs by a quarterback. It just it just so happened it was the Bears game, but that wasn't the only game he ran a lot. He's run a lot but, the whole but, season. But it's towards the end of the year. you got you got to think how you protect your quarterback at the end of the year. Because we went through, you know, it only takes one bad hit. And he could have been thrown to run all the time. Well, yeah, I mean that's always sure. I mean they they could have. Um, I know I know Sunday Monday morning quarterback, but you you, you somebody got to tell him cut back on on this. Well, I mean, Frank, that's, I feel like that's going to be the defining debate about his career here. And Frank, appreciate the phone call. I always do. I just. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm not angry enough about this. I can't get mad at the. It's it's almost like imagine watching someone doing something reckless for months and months, and then you get mad at the, the time it actually like something bad happens. Like they've been. I said this after week one. They're playing a dangerous game with Jalen Hurts. He ran 70 times against the Lions. We. I, I just. I don't think it makes sense for us to complain about it only when he gets banged up. Either we're okay with this is the way they use him because he's a dynamic playmaker and it helps their offense, or we're not okay with it. Like, I, I just, it doesn't make sense in my mind to say Sirianni's an idiot and Stike is an idiot against Chicago, but against the Packers, you know what? That was awesome. That was really cool. We either got to be okay with this or we have to accept the consequences. Yeah, I just, I don't know why. And I understand people are frustrated because he got hurt, but. I mean, he had 17 carries against Green Bay. He had 16 against Indianapolis. He had 16 against Jacksonville. He had 15 against Arizona. And you mentioned he had 17 against Detroit. Like, they've been doing this all year. And part of the reason why he was an MVP candidate and the MVP frontrunner before he got hurt is his ability as a runner. Like, we watched it and we encouraged it for 14 weeks. Like, what do you expect? So I'm going to give you a very silly example. So I have a dog, uh, and she's a great dog. And most of the time, she's really, like, calm and just, like, lays there and sleeps. But then, like, if you rile her up, she thinks it's playtime, and then she'll go crazy, and she'll jump on you, and she'll go, like, take a, I don't know, a pillow or something or a sock, or and she'll, like, you know, she'll kind of be mischievous and run around. And then, some, like, my kids do this, right? They rile her up, and then they get frustrated, like, oh, she won't calm down. Well, like, you riled her up. Right, like you're, We're being silly with her. She thinks it's silly time. Like, if you're going to use a mobile quarterback to run – we can't just then claim like, oh, the coaches are dummies when they run him and he gets hurt. Guess what? Newsflash: Jalen Hurts is going to get banged up if he runs two hundred times a season. Like, am, am I am I out of bounds there saying like we should kind of expect it? Can we start calling Jalen Hurts to sign runs silly time? It's silly time. Like you're acting silly. Like the kids are acting silly with the dog, and then the dog acts silly with them. They got they got to realize that's what happens. Yes, 200 runs for a quarterback in a season is silly time offense. But we were enjoying it while it was going well and he didn't get hurt. Let's talk to Jack in West Effort. Hey, Jack. Well, hi. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, about this uh, throwing the ball more, uh, I, I think maybe next year they could get in that more coaching. But this year you can't really change him for what he is. Uh, and what I wanted to talk about was, yes, I'm concerned about his injury uh, I mean, said so he's not throwing today. He was sore after the game. I've had shoulder injuries. I had one years and years ago. I think it was throwing a ball or practicing other sports. And for weeks and weeks and months after that, I was sore. 
and they took x-rays. It doesn't show anything. But to this day, it's still something wrong. I could get an operation, but it's not. I'm not an athlete where I have to go out and play. So it, it is concerning. And uh, and then I had an injury where I fell and I went down on my right uh, my right uh, part, and I couldn't lift my shoulder for two days. And once again, uh, it acted up and wasn't bad enough to get an operation. Yeah, I mean, Jack, I just know over the years, like, you know, in, in baseball, but I think it happens in football, too, with quarterbacks, elbows always seem to be the part of the body they can fix. Like, it's like they got that. But shoulders tend to be ones that linger, and they're just complicated. Yes, yeah, so hopefully hopefully it's going to be okay, but but, but I'm concerned. I, I, I think they're in trouble with the Super Bowl if he can't come back 100%. But in saying that, uh, I think Minshew, they might – I mean, he was – very bad last game, but against the Cowboys, he was pretty good. And uh, I'm not sure they can't win without him. Uh, you know, I know he was very bad the last game. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, do I think if, if, if Jalen went down, could he get them through a game? Could he, could he make a couple throws? I, I think he could, Jack. And, Jack, I appreciate it. But I don't think – like this. I don't feel any way like 2017. I don't think there's a high end of Minshew that if Hurts had a setback that he could come in and do anything. I just – I don't. Um, and as far as Minshew and the way he played in the two games this year, he was obviously bad against the Saints. We all watched that. I also think his Cowboy game was a little overrated. He threw two picks. He almost threw two more. And I thought he bailed when at the sight of pressure pretty often, including that last drive. Like, I'm not saying he was bad. Like, he, he wasn't bad that day. But I thought it was more like just watching it live, and I don't. I didn't re- rewatch it twice because I didn't feel the need to. Like, hey, it's Christmas. I'm going to watch the Eagles lose for the second time. But I just watched it as like a C plus B minus game. I didn't think he was like great in that game. No, I thought like, did he play well enough to put them in a position to win? Sure, and maybe if they pick up a, or you know stop the Cowboys on a third and thirty, we aren't mm-hmm. having this conversation, and we didn't have to watch Jalen Hurts kind of limp out there last week. But he also did turn the ball over twice like he he didn't really command the offense when the offense got into the red zone it struggled with him at the helm yep. I thought it was not like I think we had a caller last week who said well he played well they just turned the ball over a couple times he did he turned the ball over a couple times <laughs> yeah well then the other one because they had four turnovers wasn't the one that was the, the botched exchange between him and Miles Sanders which uh Boston Scott Boston I Scott yeah I mean I we, we I don't know who we blame on that but he was part of the exchange that went awry I mean that's that's a fact that he was part of the problem there Doug is in Connecticut hey Doug what is up Doug what do you think so, how you feeling so, so first off you're gonna work with Hugh Douglas what are you what are you gonna do with yourself you're gonna be laughing I mean you probably laugh a lot but dude uh <laughs> some of it I mean I've only heard him maybe maybe 10 or 12 times on the radio but Dude, <laughs> what a character! Yeah, well, that, I think that's the perfect word is, is character. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. I, I, Doug, I would be lying to you if I told you I knew how, how every day was gonna go when we start the show. I don't, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have fun with it for sure. You know, as I heard you guys talk um, an hour, hour and a half ago, I was just thinking about the Super Bowl and just to go a step further, like our defense. If our defense brings it, it's the type of defense that could really get after Mahomes. It could really get after Josh Allen. We've seen it we've seen it a couple of years ago in Buffalo in horrible weather, but um and he wasn't not not really the quarterback he is now back then, but um I've just really had that feeling all year long that something special is gonna happen. I just hope everybody brings it, everybody believes and I know we're on the fence with the with the injury, but what an opportunity 
you know, it all year I'm just thinking draft picks and the, the window's opening, it's not closing, and, yeah, the team's going to be different next year, but what an opportunity. And we, what, like, Doug, it is. And, and I think it's uh, what you said is, is obviously the truth, right? It, the window isn't closing, but it, they may have a four- or five-year run here where they should be a good team depending on if they make the right moves, but they may never have an opportunity quite like this one where it's number one seed, took advantage of the schedule, and then – Doug, I mean, we're talking about the other quarterbacks in the NFC right now in this postseason as Purdy yep. and Cousins yep. and a 45-year-old Brady and Daniel Jones. Like, man, it, it's tough to get a better opportunity in this one. It, it reminds me, Doug, actually of 2017, right, when it was Case Keenum on the other side. Yep. I mean, if the defense brings it, they can beat all those quarterbacks and they could beat all the good ones too. And the one thing that kind of concerns me is just if our receivers are just really aware of the blitz someone be that safety safety blanket for, for Jalen during the blitz so he can get rid of the ball and we can just burn him. Um, but you know what? Just everybody, everybody believe. Everybody bring it, and uh, we'll see what happens. One more thing. Hugh Douglas, um, Jack Fritz, uh, weeks and weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, five of five, he said, Douglas is one of the worst names, worst first names. Please let Hugh know that. So if he sees him in the hall, you can just – you know, jog him in the head real quick. Oh, I will. We will definitely pass that that note along. Doug, appreciate the phone call there. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I, I feel like most people get upset at the top five of five. Has ever has anyone here not been ripped in a top five of five? I have multiple times. Yeah, I have too. I mean, I just I think that's just what happens when you work here. Yeah, it's just it's kind of part of the the right of initiation in the top five at five. Though my my um, I, I've been ripped many times, actually more than more than that. But I I do take pride. One of the top fives at fives about a year or two ago was the best quarterback uh, gurus or evaluators of WIP. And I was ranked number one, ahead of Ray Dittinger and Ike, and Ike didn't appreciate it. Well, I mean, you were right about Jalen Hurts, and you were right about Carson Wentz. Right, so I'm just going to hang on to that until I'm wrong about the next quarterback, and then I'll pretend that didn't happen. 215-592-9494. That is how you but we'll come back. We haven't talked to this guy in a while. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, is going to join us to talk wild card weekend across the NFL. I'm curious where he rates the Eagles as we head into the postseason, where he power rates the Eagles among the top teams in the league. That's next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.